1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. Why don't we stand up, let's make our confession of faith and get into the word this morning. Say it out loud, this is my Bible. It is the word of God and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the word says I am. Seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in the place of authority, dominion and power. I have what the word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. Give five people a high five and then you can be seated. Amen. We've been in this series all year on the truth about money. And uh, if I needed any confirmation that I had the mind of God on it a year ago, I would be in no doubt now because just in the last 10 days, walking and praying, he's brought passages to my remembrance and given me instructions on what else to cover before we wrap this series up. And today is one of those messages. The message today in the series, The Truth About Money, is the Jesus multiplication factor. The Jesus multiplication factor. We've given you two verses to launch out of every Sunday. Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Today, let's look at the two times Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fishes and discover the Jesus multiplication factor. In Mark 6, let's go to Mark 6. In Mark 6, we have the feeding of 5,000 men plus women plus children. And how many of you understand back then in those ancient days, they didn't have 1.5 children per family? Amen. And we're going to give you the points as we work through the message for the sake of time. Number one. Jesus wasn't poor, and Jesus didn't live broke. Number one, Jesus wasn't poor, and Jesus didn't live broke. You know, people are forever. Ministers are forever talking about how Jesus rode a donkey. I don't know why. You know, if I was a king 2,000 years ago, I'd ride an Arabian stallion. But that's not what they did. If you look it up, 2,000 years ago, kings rode donkeys. Now, why? I don't know. But that was the best that they had in that day. And people are forever talking about how we wore sandals. Well, they didn't have floor shimes back then. I mean, you know, people can really just be as dumb as fence posts. 
uh, he wore sandals because that's what they wore back then. Amen? And uh, it's not in the message today, but when he was hanging on the cross, the soldiers gambled for his robe. And the Bible says that there was not a seam in his robe. It was seamless. Now, the suit I have on this morning was made for me in Rome. It is uh, literally, to the best of my knowledge, the most expensive suit that money can buy, but it has seams. I mean, the same company that makes the Pope's robe made this suit. I figure I know more than the Pope, so I should have (laughs) at least what the Pope has. Amen. 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 I'm born again and the Pope's not, so I figure I ought to have better, actually, than the Pope. Amen. Amen. The Pope's a mope. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's endorsing same-sex marriage and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, forget about it. He can't be born again. And, uh, but this, this garment has seams in it. Jesus' robe was seamless. So I doubt he got it at Costco or Walmart. It had to have been made for him, tailored, and no telling what it cost because they gambled for the robe whole. They didn't want to tear it in pieces. So, number one, Jesus wasn't poor and Jesus didn't live broke, Mark 6, 35. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away. See, that was the disciples' answer. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend? Say spend. Spend. That would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? So they had the money with them to buy the food for 5,000 men plus women plus children. They had the money. Tell your neighbor, they had the money. Tell the neighbor on the other side, they had the money on them. And they had a thief for a treasurer. We know this from John's gospel. They had a thief for a treasurer, and they had the money, and they had the money on them, eight months of a man's wages, to go and buy food for 5,000 men plus women plus children. Tell your neighbor, they had the money to buy the food. Tell the neighbor on the other side, they had the money to buy the food. Number two, when you walk with Jesus, not enough is not an excuse. Number two, when you walk with Jesus, not enough is not an excuse. Look at verse 38. How many loaves do you have? How many loaves do you have? He's asked, go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. So how many loaves do you have? See, everybody's focused on what they don't have. (laughs) I'm telling you, just this sermon by itself given enough time, would make you wealthy. You know, I didn't hear a single amen. You can believe whatever you want to believe, but I'm telling you what, I know exactly what I'm talking about. I do. 
when you walk with Jesus, not enough is not an excuse. Well, I don't have enough. That's not, that's not an excuse. How many loaves do you have? Go and see. Number three, Jesus doesn't subtract or divide. Jesus multiplies. Jesus doesn't subtract or divide. Jesus multiplies. Look at verse 39. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Now, I don't think it's any coincidence at all that uh, these COVID Nazis don't want anybody meeting for Thanksgiving, but yet they can celebrate after the election tens of thousands. They can hold funerals for felons, two or three or four funerals for a felon, and thousands of people come. You know, I know we're in Texas, so we're more blessed than some folks watching, but ain't nobody going to tell me how many people I can have in my house. Ain't nobody going to tell me how many family members I can have over for Thanksgiving. Ain't gonna, and ain't nobody going to tell me whether I can sing in my house. And forget about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. I got Colt. I got Browning. I, I've got Beretta. I've got Winchester. I've got a whole lot of folks in agreement with me. Hallelujah. That's right. <clears throat> Ain't nobody going to tell me that I can't hug my family. Amen. I mean, who the hell do they think they are? And it's all about See, this, this virus, if you want to know how... Now, the virus is real. Tell your neighbor, the virus is real. Tell, you, tell the other neighbor, pastor never said it's not real. I'm saying the response is the scam. See, the virus is real, but the response is the scam. And you know it's a scam because they can have funerals for felons and they can have, you know... Uh, Thousands at funeral A, thousands at funeral B, thousands at funeral C, or some famous liberal politician die. Thousands of people at the funeral. They can riot, they can loot, and, and COVID doesn't, doesn't spread. But they didn't want anybody having Easter. They don't want anybody having Thanksgiving. See, this right here should tell you the power of Easter. That's right. And this right here should tell you the power of giving thanks. The very fact that the abortion people don't want you giving thanks should tell you the power of giving thanks. Are you listening to me? The very fact that the church haters, the Jesus haters, the God haters don't want you giving thanks should tell you the power of giving thanks. Amen. He gave thanks. Now, he didn't whine and cry. He didn't do like some of y'all. We don't have enough. 
What am I going to do? Go on Facebook, do a, do a GoFundMe? See, he would have been a complete phony if he had done a GoFundMe because they had the money. They said, do you want us to spend the money to buy food? They had the money. That would have made him like some preachers. We don't have the money when they got the money. They're just raising more money. It's all a scam. So much of what's going on is just not righteous. He gave thanks. Yeah, but pastor, that doesn't make any sense because they didn't have enough. This is Bible, man. This is the truth about money. The reason people, God's people, God's people, the reason God's people don't have enough is they never gave thanks for the little they had that wasn't enough. You, you can't wait until your ship comes in and then lift your hands and praise God and dance and glorify God. You got to thank God for what you have that's not enough. Amen. See, it's not about the money, man. It's about the heart. It's not about the money. It's about the heart. See, the whole point of the truth about money is a lot of people are waiting for the money to come in and then they're going to have a right heart. It'll never happen. You got to have a right heart. Then God can trust you with the money. Amen. Notice that Jesus didn't complain about what he didn't have. Jesus gave thanks for what he did have, even though what he did have was not enough. And if, if you have not learned this in 2020, and, and you would think this is some bad news coming out of the mouth of a word of faith guy, but I'm telling you, it is the absolute truth. Don't let anybody tell you it cannot get worse. It can always get worse. So <laughs> if you have 80% of what you need, you better be giving thanks because next week you might have 40% of what you need. Well, it can't get any worse. Oh, yes, it can. Say it out loud five times. Attitude of gratitude. You know, we just forced ourselves. We say to ourselves even today, we don't have any trouble. You know, R.W. Schambach loved to tell a story about a guy, I think it was in Queens, was in the hospital dying, and he called out to God. He'd been full gospel his whole life, called out to God. And uh, late, late in the evening, his family went home, and the doctors had gone home, and it was just the occasional nurse coming by. And in the middle of the night, an angel walked through the door and pointed at that man. It wasn't a preacher. Just, just a believer pointed at that man and said, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. Amen. And he believed God and got up and, and checked himself out. Hallelujah. So even to this day, Sue and I will say to ourselves, we don't have any trouble. It's a, it's a point of discipline. Doesn't matter what's going on. Say to yourself, we don't have any trouble. Hey Amen. We don't have any trouble. Amen. Amen. We don't have any trouble. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, but this and that and the other. Look, God is on the throne. 
It's all so certain. I read an article this week and I shared with my family, I don't think anybody took action on it, but I shared with my family how that there's a once in a 20 year thing happened this past week where Jupiter and Saturn came together and formed a triangle with the moon and so I think it was Thursday night, Sue and I went outside and, and I told her, I said, you know, that's great. Now I know what that is. I said, I always wondered what that was. It looked too bright to be a star. That's Jupiter, a gas giant reflecting the sun. And then over there was the Saturn and then below it was the moon. It was great. But I told her, how do they know this? How do they know this? How do they know that only happens once every 20 years? How do they know this? How do they know when Halley's Comet's coming back? How do they know this? Because our great Father God is the genius architect of the entire universe, and he holds it all together. Paul said, by the word of his mouth, Jesus holds it all together by the word of his mouth, and it is an absolute certainty, and yet when we come to whether we can pay the rent or not, we're just not quite sure. God maybe has the potency to help us meet our needs and pay our bills and make his verse come to pass on our little two-bit deal, whatever we have going on. And yet we know Saturn's going to be up there and Jupiter's going to be up there and that won't happen again for another 20 years. The certainty of what God designed out there, but we question his word all the time when it comes to our corns or our bunions or whatever. (laughs) Amen. You got to get off that. You just have got to, you've just got to take the word of God as so. Say it out loud. God said it. I believe it. That's the end of it. Yeah, God said it. I believe it. That's the end of it. Oh, that's awful simple. Well, (laughs) hallelujah, it sure worked in 2020. I'll tell you that. I watched Wednesday night of the Holy Week revival this past week. I stood right there, nobody in the room. And I was talking crazy talk. Think about it. Back in April. And I said, there's no doubt this property will be paid off this year. There's no doubt we'll end end the year with more money than last year. There's no doubt we'll end the year with less debt than last year. I'm talking about personally. But I said, there's no doubt, without a doubt, this church will be paid off this year. Hey, we're living the dream, baby. Believe in the Word of God. We're living the dream. I said, believe in the Word of God. We're living the dream. Hallelujah. Jesus did not complain about what he didn't have. He gave thanks for what he did have. Number four, when you give your not enough to Jesus, you live a life of plenty left over. When you give your not enough to Jesus, you live a life of plenty left over. Verse 42, they all ate and were satisfied. Say it out loud, they were satisfied. Say it five times, they were satisfied. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Then in Mark 8, we have the feeding of 4,000 men plus women plus children. Number five, if you're taking notes, when you don't have enough, Jesus has compassion on you and wants you to have more than enough. 
He's good. He's wonderful. He's loving. He's kind. He's gracious. I think a lot of the problem people have is they badmouth God. They badmouth Father God. He's loving. He's wonderful. He's kind. Amen. Although I do find myself, I blame him all the time. You know, I won't stay in certain hotels. I blame God. I say, well, my father spoiled me. You know, I only wear a certain kind of a watch. Well, you know, my, my father, God, he spoiled me. I, I, I only drive certain cars. Well, you know, my God, he spoiled me. I blame him all the time. I mean, look, I can't help it if your daddy's broke. My daddy's rich. And I can't help it if your daddy's rich and won't give you a nickel. My daddy's rich and shares with me every week. It's all perspective. At the end of the day, you get what you believe. <laughs> Maybe you ought to practice. Lift both hands, look up, and say, you're wonderful. You're gracious. You're kind. You're loving. Now, wait a minute. Can you say this in all honesty? I say this to him at least once a week. I lift up my hands and I say, Father God, I find no fault in you. And Father God, I find no fault in your word. Father God, your word is perfect. Because you got a lot of Bible school professors and a lot of seminary professors, and they find fault with his word. David said in Psalm 119 that the word of God is perfect. If Father God is perfect, how could his word not be perfect? But if, if you find fault with his word, the word won't work for you. His word is perfect. Even if it condemns your favorite sin, the word is perfect. Number five, when you don't have enough, Jesus has compassion on you and wants you to have more than enough. Let's go to Mark 8. Mark 8, verse 1. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. So when you don't have enough, Jesus has compassion on you and wants you to have more than enough. You know, we had to grow. We had to grow. I can, I can see it in my mind's eye. We took the kids over to eat at a uh, German deli we used to go to in Dallas sometimes because Sue would also buy some, you know, European imported items. And then we'd take the kids to a playground that they liked over there, and then we'd come back. And I, I, we're coming back from I-30. This was in the early days. I don't think we'd moved into uh, our first facility yet. We were still meeting at the hotel. I was driving a used Cadillac, El Dorado. And uh, it just stopped. It just cut out. And, uh, you know, I mean, I thought it would have been, it would have looked unseemly to have Sue get out and push. So, uh, <laughs> so I said to Sue, I said, you come over here behind the steering wheel. I said, because we're, we're not far from the ramp and right at the bottom of the ramp, I think we're in Grand Prairie somewhere, there's a gas station. I said, you, you steer and I'll push. Now, here's the horrible truth of it. He was as much my father on that Saturday as he is my father today. Amen. Now, think about, get your mind around what I'm saying. He was just as much my father on that Saturday 
then he is my father. He'll, but he'll let you push the car. He'll let you do without. Now, I know everybody's going to tie on the feedback Thursday, but maybe you don't want to miss next Sunday because another message he gave me out praying in the last 10 days is, here is the lesson from the Old Testament my New Testament children never learned. Now, we can't call it that. We'll have to come up with some catchy title for next Sunday, but, but that's what we're going to be sharing. And, and this is a, a preview of that. He'll let you do without. He will let you do without. He was as much my father on that Saturday pushing that old used car down that shoulder and down that ramp as he is today. But see, you have to grow in knowledge and you have to grow in faith but there's another aspect that people don't want to maybe admit. You have to grow in obedience. And then there's another thing. You've got to grow in your confession. And, and some people are here this morning, and you know, you're okay with God blessing you at a certain level, but what hinders you from going on to the next level is your mouth because you're not willing to open your mouth and put yourself at risk with folks and talk about how... God wants to and God will and God is blessing you above and beyond. See, I got past that and I realized, look, I'm a, I'm a smart guy. I am. I realize this hacks people off. Well, I just don't want to, you know, I, I like Faith Christian Center. I like Austin. I like Sue. I, I like the building. I like the parking lot. But you know, that, that Pastor Gene, man, he's just, he just a braggart. I hear it all the time, but I don't care. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I'm bragging all right. I'm bragging on daddy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said, I'm bragging all right. I'm bragging on daddy. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what I have, I blame him. Yeah. And what I've done, I give him the credit, the glory, and the honor. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's wonderful. He's generous. He, I can't help it. He's rich. You can't help the family you've been born into. I was born again into a rich family. Are you hearing me? Now, now, then there's another objection. We, we may get to this next Sunday that, that you're glorifying God driving some old broke down tote the note car. Well, let's not fall out, brother. We're brothers in Christ. Let's not fall out. You're glorifying God, driving some old broke down, tote the note car. I'm, I'm glorifying God, driving the fastest stuff on wheels this side of heaven. Amen. All under warranty. Hallelujah. Sue said, what's gonna, what are you going to buy next? I said, my next vehicle is going to be a chariot of fire, and it's going to be a, f a fast rig I'll tell you that yes, yes. amen amen whatever we have believed God for we left blessing on the table because he loves us 
Have you figured this out in 2020? He just doesn't have that many children. Have you figured this out? I'm talking about as a percentage of the population. There are millions and millions and millions and millions of genuine believers in this country. But as a percentage of the population, he just doesn't have that many children. And you couldn't go to Houston and hear John Osteen speak without John Osteen saying, the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the earth, God seeking and looking for whom he might bless. Well, as a percentage of the population, he just doesn't, he just doesn't have that many. And I want to be one jumping up and down like, like Samuel was doing jumping jacks the other day. So, you know, and I want to get his attention. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Amen. I'm right here and I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. Lift both hands. Say, Father God, looky here. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? So they're talking about buying bread again. How many loaves do you have? Verse 5, Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? Stop talking about what you don't have and learn to offer God what you do have and learn how to give God thanks for what you do have. Jesus has... Jesus asked seven. They replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks. He did what? He gave thanks for them and also... He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Say it again. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 men were present. So notice again in verse 4, the disciples talked about buying enough food to feed 4,000 men plus women plus children. So Jesus wasn't poor and Jesus didn't live broke. Say it out loud. Jesus wasn't poor and Jesus didn't live broke. Say it again. Jesus wasn't poor and Jesus didn't live broke. Number six in both miracles, Jesus asked the same question, what do you have? Notice in both miracles, Jesus asked the same question, what do you have? Over and over and over, God asked men and women this same question. It's the exact same question that God asked Moses in Exodus 4, 1 and 2. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? I don't have enough to tithe. I don't have enough to give. I don't have enough to be a blessing. What is that in your hand? You know, we got great news this week. My son-in-law got promoted Friday. Nobody knows this. I guess it's bad for me to bounce this off satellites. But uh, got promoted to deputy chief in Ozark, Missouri. But see, when they got married, when they got married, you know, before they got married, I talked to them. I said, now, my girl's got a master's degree. And I said, you know, we believe in being equally yoked. So you're going to have to catch up. 
Okay, okay. And uh, so after they'd been married a little short time, then he looked around at schools and he found uh, it, was, it would be better for him and also more efficient to get a degree in law enforcement through Liberty University. And so because I read, because I read, I knew that education was one of, there's two exceptions to the $15,000 per person per, per, per person per year rule, education and medical expenses. Well, we don't have any medical expenses, but this was education. So I said, you know, I'll cover it, whatever it costs. And so it took whatever it took, two, two and a half years for him to do, to do the bachelor's degree. I'm sitting in my office on a Sunday afternoon, if I remember right. It was a Sunday afternoon. And uh, they happened to be visiting, and he was celebrating. He got his bachelor's degree, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, well, he's in the groove. He should just go ahead and do the master's in criminal justice. And so I got up and I went into the family room and I said, hey, Derek, I said, you're in the groove. I said, you should just do the master's in criminal justice. Well, he had to think about that. <laughs> but then he did it. Well, see, he couldn't have been promoted to deputy chief without the bachelor's degree. He wouldn't have been promoted to deputy chief without the master's degree because the other candidate is nearly done with his master's degree. But what if I'd been one of those cheap, you know what, Christians? I don't have enough. And that, that's not even my son. That's my son-in-law. I don't have enough. I, I need all I got. Amen. Dear Lord. And children struggled decades, decades to get where they could have been if mom and dad had just parted with a little coin. Decades. 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 To get where they could have been in two or three years. Well, I don't have enough to do that. That's why we're preaching this message. That's right. That's right. Because your problem is your mouth. I have enough. Amen. I said, I have enough. I said, I have enough. I don't just have Now, he, there he goes, he's bragging again. Not only do I have enough, I have more than enough. Say it out loud. Not only do I have enough, I have more than enough. Well, I just don't see how, I just, man, where do you get that in the Bible? How about Philippians? My God, say it out loud, my God supplies all of my need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Yeah, but I was taught that he'll meet all of our needs, but he won't meet our desires. Lift both hands, say, thank you, Father God. As I delight myself in you, you give me the desires of my heart. Psalm 37, 4. So wherever you heard that, whatever preacher you heard that from, well, they can't read because I would hate to think they're dishonest. I would hate to think they're dishonest, so they must be illiterate. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. 
man, that we got, this church is screwed up. I'm talking about this church in 2020 nationwide. I mean, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh. Father God, we need a baptism of testosterone in the church in the United States of America. You know, there was a rabbi in New York City this week held a a wedding for 7,000 people. 7,000 people. If I read the article right, and they all kept it top secret, showed up, and then they're all, you know, taking photos and selfies inside. 7,000 people. And we got churches down the road that have the word faith in the name, and they, they ain't met yet. And I'm, I'm hopelessly out of time, so what difference does it make? I want you to get the truth about money. The truth about money is your mouth has a lot to do with it. I said the truth about money is your mouth has a lot to do with it. When we, when we changed course in the mid-80s, the number one way we changed course was we changed our mouth. Nothing else really changed. It's the kind of question Elijah asked the widow in 1 Kings 17, 13, 14. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have, from what you have, from what you have. What do you have? Stop talking about what you don't have. From what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. And because she took action. Not on what she didn't have, but on what she did have. She took action. See, you can't take action on what you don't have. You can only take action on what you do have. So when your focus is on what you don't have, you are paralyzed. Verse 15, she went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. And then in the feeding of the 5,000 men plus women plus children in Mark 6, 38, Jesus asked, how many loaves do you have? How many loaves do you have? And in the feeding of the 4,000 men plus women plus children in Mark 8, 5, Jesus asked, how many loaves do you have? Next Sunday, I'm going to get into this, this poor old us mentality, poor old me mentality. Notice that Jesus didn't complain about what he didn't have. Jesus gave thanks for what he did have. Listen to what I'm saying, and remember it Thursday. Notice that Jesus didn't complain about what he didn't have. Jesus gave thanks for what he did have. I've spent 47 years listening to God's people tell me what they don't have and what they can't do. I said, I've spent 47 years listening to God's people tell me what they don't have and can't do. There's no victory in telling me or telling God what you don't have and what you can't do. I said, there's no victory in telling me or telling God what you don't have and what you can do. Number seven, yield what you have to God and he will multiply it. Yield what you have to God and he will multiply. Give God something to work with. Then believe God for a great harvest. Mark 10, 28, Peter said to Jesus, we have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields. What does it take to buy fields? 
money for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life, but many who are first will be last, and the last first. So were there two miracle were there two miraculous multiplications of loaves and fishes? If you go to Bible school or seminary, they'll say, well, we doubt that there was a miraculous feeding of anybody, but even if there was, there was one, and the disciples screwed it up and made it into two miracles. Well, is that so? Turn over to Luke, cha excuse me, Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, verse 14, same gospel. Mark 8, 14, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for the one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. I'd like to say it today. Watch out for the yeast of Obama and Trump. It's all a distraction. Now listen to me carefully. I'm not saying we don't vote. We hold our nose and we go do the best we can. But I'm telling you, don't make gods of people. Don't make a God out of me. Amen. You follow me as I follow Christ. If I ab abandon Christ, then you abandon me. You follow the Word of God. 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 You follow the Word of God. Because people will let you down. And no man can be a God. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, it is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? That'd be like me saying on any given Sunday in the offering time, why are you still talking about not having enough money? Are your hearts hardened? Like I said, the same God that set all these planets in the sky, the same God that created the universe is the same God that spoke through holy men of old and they wrote down what they heard by the Holy Spirit of God and we can count on the word of God just as surely as we can count on the position of Jupiter or Saturn or when Halley's Comet is coming the next time. God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should change his mind? Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? You can believe God. Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand or your hearts hardened? Did you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they answered. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? 
This is a Malachi 3.18 year. You will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. We have come through 2020 and nobody's sick. We have come through 2020 and nobody dead. We have come through 2020 and we have made more money than we have ever made as a church. We have come through 2020 and we have paid this place off. Do you still not understand my God is able 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 <laughs> Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561. 3400 or send an email to info at Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.